Hello, welcome back to I Listen to Everything, the podcast where we talk about music genres. What are we talking about today? Today, we are discussing a genre that is a combination of two very popular genres that seemingly don't have a lot in common, but we're going to see that the roots of both of these genres are very, are very similar. Uh, that being said, the genre that we are going to explore today is called rap rock. Really? Yeah. So we have talked about new metal, which has both of these genres in, like, it is influenced by both of these genres and has elements of rap and rock, but it also has other elements as well. Mm-hmm. So this rap rock is a little bit different. It's, although new metal comes from rap rock, it's oh. like the beginnings of the genre. Okay. So think like Run DMC, the Beastie Boys. Those are sort of like the the artists that started this genre and then it changed later on into what we're going to see today. Okay. I chose this genre mostly because I was thinking about Rage Against the Machine. And I was wondering what their music is categorized as because I was curious because I they're one of my favorite bands. Wikipedia says rap metal is like the, the genre that they're most associated with. But rap metal is similar to rap rock, so we will cover that today as well. But after analyzing a little more, uh, once again, I found some interesting information about the history of this genre, so I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, do you know anything about rap rock, or what do you what are you expecting to hear today? I think the instrumentals would be more rock music. Mm. You, you are kind of right about that. Mm-hmm. Well, in some cases, yes. Basically... Rap rock is a music genre that developed in the early to mid-80s. This is when hip-hop DJs began to incorporate rock records into their routines. They also were sampling rock instrumentation, and at the same time, post-punk artists were incorporating hip-hop into their performances and collaborating with hip-hop artists. So it sort of went both ways. And this is also when hip-hop was just starting in the 80s, so it's they're sort of happening at the same time. The greatest success of rap rock was in the late 90s and early 2000s. This is also when new metal was really popular, mm-hmm. so it makes sense in that case. The characteristics of the genre, so rap rock is basically rock songs in which the vocals of the song are rapped rather than sung. So often the vocals are shouted or spoken with like a raised voice, which creates this sort of upbeat and energetic slash aggressive mix. The rhythms are rooted in hip-hop, and they have more funk influences than a typical hard rock song. But the heavy bass drum remains, and the added guitars on top give it a more aggressive sound. The genre is often conflated with rap metal, so we talked about rap metal, but they do have some differences. Rap rock has more organic, integrated hip-hop elements, while rap metal has like big, lurching beats and heavy riffs. So it's more intense, basically, which makes sense because heavy metal is like the heavier version of rock. Also, old school rap rock had more in common with hardcore punk and like post-punk, especially with the breakbeats versus metal or rap metal. So let's get into the history of the genre. So like I said, it started in like 1980 to the mid 90s. This is when early hip hop DJs used breaks from rock records, such as Billy Squire's The Big Beat. This particular song has been sampled in over 300 songs, according to who, who sampled.com, as well as the monkeys Mary Mary, 
this was also covered by Run DMC. If you know the song Mary Mary by Run DMC, it's like a hip hop or a rap rock version of the song. Okay. As well as Steve Miller's bands, Take the Money and Run. Basically, there were a lot of different songs that were used in the early days of hip hop. And this was DJs trying to show off their vinyl collection, basically, just to show like how many records they had that they can use in their songs, right. which is what artists, hip hop artists, have been doing like the entire time they even do it today uh-huh. and then also hip-hop artists like africa bombada were collaborating with artists like john lydon of the sex pistols they created the song world destruction and africa bombada was inspired by public limited public image limited which is a post-punk band and their incorporation of dub elements into their music dub is like a reggae subgenre. Uh-huh. And at the same time, post-punk and new wave artists were the first scenes to have like rap rock recordings. So we have bands like The Clash, who were influenced by Grandmaster Flash and the Sugar Hill Gang, who were like one of the first hip-hop artists. They created songs like The Magnificent Seven, and this is Radio Clash. We also have Rapture by Blondie. I think we've talked about this yes, song did, yeah. on the podcast before. But like we said, or like we said in an earlier episode, Debbie Harry raps in this song. And the reason for this is because Debbie Harry and Chris Stein were friends with hip hop artists such as Fab Five Freddy. She mentions Fab Five Freddy in the song. And they were inspired by them to make this song, basically. And then we have an artist. We have a group called the Cold Crush Brothers, who were a hip hop group. They created a song called Punk Rock Rap. In this song was in, created in 1983. It was the first hip-hop recording to fuse hip-hop and rock. And also it broke the color barrier in hip-hop. So it introduced hip-hop and rock to the white audience, to, to white youth, basically. And Public Enemy as well, they had sort of like a punk rock attitude to hip-hop. They did have some punk and rock elements in their songs. And we have also producers like Rick Rubin, who were working with hip-hop artists and rock artists. So he worked with Run DMC, Mm -hmm. the Beastie Boys, as well as Slayer and The Cult. So it allowed for these artists to sort of collaborate together. Run DMC saw a crossover audience with their rap rock sound. So they released the song Rockbox in 1984, which was a power chord rock song with a lot of aggressive hip-hop vocals. And this sort of laid the foundation for rap rock and other similar genres that would come about later on run dmc collaborated with aerosmith i don't know if you know the the collaboration they did together called walk this way yes i do remember that walk this way is originally a song by aerosmith from Mm -hmm. 1975 but Mm -hmm. they remade the song with run dmc in 1986 this collaboration is another song that really helped diminish the biases that people had towards hip-hop. So in the early 80s, when hip-hop was just starting people, a lot of people thought it was just a fad and that it would like eventually go away. And a lot of people thought it was just a genre that appealed to urban black audiences. So this song really brought hip-hop into the popularity with the mainstream white audience. And the music video as well. I don't know if you've ever seen the music video. Yeah. yeah. It has a very like literal and metaphoric merging of hard rock and rap. So in the music video, you have Run DMC on one side of like a studio, I guess, Mm -hmm. and Aerosmith on the other side. And Aerosmith is like playing the beginning of the song, Walk This Way, and they're playing very loudly. And Run DMC is like banging on the wall, asking them to stop, but they're not listening. So what they do is they decide to start mixing the beginning of that song and, and basically rapping over the song and creating their own version. And once it gets to the chorus, um, Steven Tyler breaks through the wall and starts singing. 
And so it was like a very like literal, like we're breaking the wall between rock and rap and mm -hmm. we're joining forces. And by the end of the video, they're performing together. Yeah. It, it also revitalized Aerosmith's career at the time. So it was kind of like, you know, working both ways. And then we have the Beastie Boys, who released their debut album, License to Ill, in the same year, 1986, which was a very popular album. According to CNN, this is the album that invented rap rock, although we know that Run DMC, exactly. I think, started it. Yeah. Or it was in the same year, so a lot of artists were doing this at the time. And they had songs like Rhymin' and Stealin', which was built around samples by Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and The Clash. And we know as well that the Beastie Boys started out as a rock group. They were a punk rock group, mm -hmm. so it makes sense that they sort of combined the two. There were songs like You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party that had a lot of rock elements in it. And of course, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which featured guitar playing by Carrie King from the band Slayer. And they would go on to make other albums that had a lot of rock elements And they're, they were a hip-hop group, so they mm -hmm. had that like rap rock together. Right. Then we have Urban Dance Squad, who also formed in the same year. They're considered a rap rock band. They had a mix of rap, funk, ska, folk, hip-hop, and soul all mixed into one. And this really signaled a trend towards the genre bending that would come in the 90s. I feel like this is what would influence new metal because it's a blend of a bunch of different genres. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Public Enemy, their 1988 album, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, had a song that sampled Slayer. And they also re-recorded their song Bring the Noise with the uh, metal band Anthrax in 1980, 1991. And then in the 90s, we have the mainstream success of rap rock. So we have bands like Faith No More, who, especially with their song Epic, where Mike Patton mixes singing and rapping together so he's not just rapping he's doing both we have rage against the machine so they we're going to talk a bit about them later on in another article i read but they influenced political hip-hop because they're a very political band we have artists as well like ice cube dmx and onyx who had a lot of punk rock sensibilities in their music as well and their hip-hop artists And then in the 90s as well, the Beastie Boys sort of reinvent their like frat boy image and they go back to their hardcore roots a little bit. Mm -hmm. They began playing live instruments again on their 1992 album, Check Your Head, which had a mix of rap, rock, funk, and thrash and sort of captured their like suburban skateboard culture. Their next album, Ill Communication in 1994, also had rock, hip hop, and jazz co coexisting on one album. And in 1993, there was a movie a movie called Judgment Night. I've never seen this movie, but mm -hmm. the soundtrack to this movie featured rock artists collaborating with rappers on every single track. So just an example of how the collaborations between rap artists or hip hop artists and rock artists were continuing even in the 90s. All right. And Kid Rock as well is also put into the genre. We have talked about him in the new metal episode, but he started out as like a hip hop artist, but then changed his style over time to a more like guitar driven alternative rock with hip hop beats and also like a Southern rock attitude. <laughs> and then of course, this is when new metal becomes popular in the late 90s. And this is also known as like the golden age of rap rock. The two genres are often conflated. They're all often like, you know, talked about as if they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. So Limp Biscuit, they had a stronger connection to rap rock than any other new metal group. Fred Durst grew up listening to hip hop. Yeah. But then in 1999 at the Woodstock 99 festival and the later albums of Limp Bizkit didn't receive as much success 
this would link the two genres together and shift the critical opinion of both genres. So both new metal and rap rock went from like critical acclaim to disdain. A lot of people were seeing it as like a violent thing. A lot of people still today think of new metal as like this, you know, stupid genre from the Mm. 90s that wasn't good. It's sort of changing. The, The opinion is sort of changing a little bit, but... Yeah, so that's when it's when it sort of changed the uh, critical opinion of, of both of these genres. Mm-hmm. And then we have artists like Crazy Town as well. I don't know if you remember the song Butterfly. Yes. Be my butterfly. Uh-huh, yeah, I remember that. So they had a more like rap metal sound, but their biggest hit, Butterfly, is, is mostly a hip-hop song. They got a lot of hate from metal purists who thought that they looked more like a hip-hop crew. Uh, but their image reflected their background in the underground hip-hop scene of LA. So that's where they came from. Mm-hmm. And we have other further developments as well. So I thought this was funny. Um, in the Wikipedia article on rap rock, they talk about crunk and how it's <laughs> categorized as like a Southern rap take on punk. So that author wasn't crazy in talking no. about it. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I thought that was funny that they put that in there. Uh, Linkin Park as well. Although we talked about them as a new metal group in the new metal episode, right. they are one of the biggest rap rock groups as well of the 21st century. What about Nerd? I think I saw a mention of Nerd as well. Mm. Yeah, because in in there's like a list of like rap rock groups, and I remember seeing Nerd, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, because they do I, they do have some like rock well, yeah, elements yeah. in their in their music guitars and drums and everything yeah. rock music for one album exactly so yeah nerd as well also hollywood undead undead i don't know if you know who they are they formed in like 2005 that name sounds familiar they're thought of they they sort of like revived the rap rock sound in the later 2000s although they're more of a rock band with hip-hop influences but they're like an example of like the further developments of this genre mm-hmm. and i just want to stop a bit and go to an article that i read called Kings of Rock, A Brief History of Rap Rock, because I thought it was really interesting. This was written in August of 2018, and it's on hotnewhiphop.com. But I thought it was, I thought I had a lot of good things to say about the genre, and um, a lot to say about why this genre developed in the first place. So rock, and we've talked about this in the last episode that we did on garage rock, rock is a genre that evolved from the blues, and it was invented by black musicians. So we said that it was invented by musicians such as Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard, the original Lil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he could be seen as like the original Lil, which I thought was so funny because that's true. what all the hip hop artists are calling themselves today. Oh, yeah. And Little Richard is like one of the first rock and roll artists of the 50s. So pretty interesting if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throughout hip hop history, rappers have been reclaiming rock as a genre by black artists and incorporating it into their music and fashion. So we talked about Run DMC, there was Ice-T as well, Kid Cudi, and most recently Lil Uzi Vert and other artists in like that emo rap category. Mm-hmm. And recently there has been like a surge of rock, what they call rock star rappers. So rappers who sample rock music, they use guitar-like distos- distortion on their vocals, uh, and the 808s as well. They wear rock-inspired clothing. They stage dive at their concerts, and their concerts are usually very mosh-heavy. They have a lot of moshing. 
artists like Lil Uzi Vert, Playboy Cardi, Travis Scott, and of course, it wasn't mentioned in the article, but most recently Lil Yachty, who came out with the rock album. So it's been happening more and more in recent years. Mm-hmm. And it started with DJs like Africa Bombada, like we said, who would spin the Beatles, Rolling Stones, and other rock classics into their sets. And at the time, so in the 80s, radio stations and MTV were intent on keeping a on keeping rock a white-dominated genre that was separate from hip-hop. We've talked about the segregation of music in earlier episodes, and I'm reading a book right now called um, Major Labels by Kalefa Sene, and it does talk about how in the beginning, like in the 50s, when rock and roll was just getting started, there was a time when rock and roll and R&B were sort of seen as the same thing. Like they were kind of synonyms, even though they would change. And it's the way it changed was sort of like a very segregation thing. Like rock became a white genre and R&B became a black genre. So, but at the beginning, it wasn't like that. And this is interesting to think about when I read this article, because in the 80s, Run DMC comes along. They create some of the first rap rock songs like Rock Box and King of Rock, and they address the segregation in their songs. So, for example, in the King of Rock music video, in the music video, they get stopped at the door of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the old white security guard yells at them and they say, this is a rock and roll museum. Or he says, this is a rock and roll museum. You guys don't belong in here. And then DMC replies, I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucka MC should call me sire. So he's reminding the security guard that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is indebted to black originators of rock music. And hip hop is the advancement of rock, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, Run DMC was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2009. So they eventually got their flowers. And Public Enemy also addressed this in their, in their album from 1988, It Takes a Nation and Millions to Hold Us Back. In one of the lyrics, it says roll with the rock stars but never get accepted as so they're pointing out like the discrimination that they receive as hip-hop artists not getting the same recognition from critics that rocks that rock artists do and also in the line soul control beat is the father of your rock and roll they're talking about rock being invented by black musicians and so artists are addressing the segregation in music and saying we are allowed to be considered as rock artists Mm -hmm. and then we have ice t who created a rap metal band i don't know if you've ever heard of this they're called body count no so it was ice t that created this band just a little warning i'm going to talk about police brutality in the next little section here and they had a revolutionary single called cop killer on their debut album in 1992 this was a year after rodney king was brutally beaten by the police and the police officers were ruled not guilty by a predominantly white jury Mm -hmm. so if For people who don't know about this, this is like one of the earliest examples of police brutality being caught on camera. And this is in 1991. Nowadays, we hear about it a lot because everyone has their phones and everything. But in 1991, this was like a huge thing because no one... Well, I don't think there had ever been a documented like footage of this happening before. Not to that degree, no. Exactly. So, So a lot of artists, you know, sung about this in their lyrics. There is a song also by Sublime about this. But Body Count, so they pay tribute to Rodney King with the lyrics, I'm a cop killer, better you than me. Cop killer, F police brutality. So this cop killer message obviously didn't go down very well with white conservatives. Um, (laughs) Of course, Ice-T intended the song to be a... He wanted to spark a conversation over police brutality, but instead of that, it sparked a conversation over the limits of free speech. And so he was forced to take it off the album. 
and this is something that white conservatives do all the time. They talk about free speech, but then most recently I can think of um, all of the books that are being challenged because oh, they talk yeah. about LGBT like subjects and even books like about black history are being challenged. Are you serious? By, yeah, they want them to not be in libraries and not be in schools, which is absolutely ridiculous. This is in the United States. I don't think it's happening in Canada, but like it's... Anyways, it, mm. it, it, it really bothers me as a librarian. It's really like... You know, they talk about free speech and how important it is and all that, but then they're going to not allow books to be in libraries, only the books that they want. It's mm. like, that's not what a library is about. Anyways, that's a subject for another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the message of this song. Is It was about police brutality. And Rage Against the Machine, who is also a very political group, they also talked about the police in their song Killing in the Name, which compares the police to the KKK. So the lyric... Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. They're talking about how some police officers, probably a lot of them, are also in the KKK. Mm. And I don't know about you. Have you, like, were you a fan of Rage Against the Machine when you were younger? Not really. Because for me, obviously, my dad was a huge fan. And so, yeah. like, I grew up listening to this very political and very, like, strong messages since I was, like, six or seven years old. And so parents, if you think that kids are not ready to listen to this kind of music that seems very aggressive and like very like, you know, subject matter that kids shouldn't be listening to, I um, I think that this music really taught me a lot and really shaped like my understanding of the world because like songs like Down Rodeo with lyrics like, I'm rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. These people ain't seen a brown skinned man since their grandparents bought one. That, you know, lyrics yeah. like that, when you hear that as a kid, and of course my dad explained to me what it meant, it was like, oh shit, like, and you live in, you know, living in a diverse city like Montreal and like hearing that and thinking people used to buy black people, that's, you think of that as a kid and you're like, well, obviously that's wrong. And mm -hmm. so yeah. I, I think it was like pretty powerful stuff. And I think that children should be listening to this music. <laughs> I encourage it. With, of course, the parents explaining what it means. And, of course, Zach de la Roja is Mexican-American. His grandfather actually fought in the Mexican Revolution. Oh, so he obviously has a lot of, like, inspiration to in that in his music. And they're known as a rap rock group because he is rapping to live rock instrumentation. So with the bassist Tim Kemmerford, guitarist Tom Morello, and drummer Brad Wilk, they are known as Rage Against the Machine, and they're, like, a rap rock group. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they get called a new metal group, but I think because they are so like critically acclaimed, they are kind of separate from that. All right. So, but then of course, new metal was born out of rap rock. So bands like Linkin Park rapped about the personal versus the political, which is obviously important as well. So see themes of depression, isolation, drug abuse. And I think it would also inspire other bands later on and other artists like Kid Cudi who openly discuss themes of depression, loneliness, and suicide to a degree of vulnerability that is rarely seen in hip-hop. And this was on his album Man on the Moon in 2009, which featured collaborations by with uh, indie electronic bands, Ratatad, MGMT, and also in his other album Man on the Moon 2, he collaborated with indie rock acts like St. Vincent and Haim or Haim. And he cites Public Enemy as one of his biggest influences, actually. And then, of course, in 2010, we have Lil Wayne <laughs> with the album Rebirth. <laughs> 
This one didn't go very well with the critics. They thought it was a total misperception of what makes a rock record. Of course, in the album, he is auto-tune singing over pop-punk pop punk guitars. And I remember people were very critical of like the auto-tune at this time. They yeah. thought it was like, you know. But in the article, it says this album most likely inspired artists like Lil Uzi Vert later on. With, especially with the auto-tune and like this raw rock attitude. And I think I agree with that because Lil Wayne is such a big inspiration to a lot of hip-hop artists. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that they, you know, him making a, a rap rock record, we'll say, would influence like emo rap later on. Yeah. And then, of course, we have Prophets of Rage, who formed in 2016, which includes members from Rage Against Machine, Public Enemy, and Cypress Hill. They're known as like a political supergroup. And we have artists like Princess Nokia, Rico Nasty, and Bali Baby. So it's not just men. These are all female artists. They're also put into that rap rock category as well. So basically, the article is talking about how it's a genre born out of reclamation and political protest. Mm-hmm. It's reclaiming rock by Black artists since rock was started by them initially. So I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to share it. Yeah, it is. And uh, just to finish off with like the further developments of this genre. So in 2011, there was a um, mashup mixtape called Wugazi. Can you guess which two bands were combined on this mashup mixtape? Wugazi and Wu-Tang. Yes. Wu-Tang raps with Fugazi instrumentals. (laughs) Unfortunately, I couldn't find it on Spotify, so we can't play it today. But I'm very curious to listen to that. And then we also have the group Death Grips. So they're very, ex- well, their genre on Wikipedia is experimental hip hop because they have a combination of a bunch of different styles, um, hip hop, punk rock, electronic, noise, industrial. Mm-hmm. They're probably the most unique artists that we're gonna be listening to, to today. Their debut mixtape, X Military, had a lot of rock samples. They had a David Bowie sample. They had even underground samples from like Black Flag and Minutemen. That as well was not on Spotify. The only song that was on Spotify from that album is Guillotine. You played that for me before, right? I think so. Yeah. We'll play it today, even though I it is kind of an example of rap rock, but uh, it's going to sound the most... Uh, the most interesting compared to the most unique <laughs> compared to all the others we're gonna listen to today. But they have a lot of like avant-garde rock techniques with the more underground rap sound. On the uh, Wikipedia article, they called, I think it's called like emo rap nowadays, but they called it Glock rock. And I don't know why it's called this. I tried to look it up. I think but I've like, heard that before, but I forgot about it. I don't really understand why they would call it that. But it basically starts around 2020 with artists like Lil Uzi Vert, who, has, who is a punk rock influenced rapper that identifies as a rock star, like we said earlier. Um, they cite Marilyn Manson as their all-time favorite artist. Artists like Machine Gun Kelly as well, who's a rapper that who's influenced by emo and pop punk. Um, Trippy Red, Post Malone, The Kid Leroy, The Oxymorons as well, who's like a more recent rap rock group. Mm-hmm. And 2020 saw many rappers dominating the rap charts. And emo rap is basically what it has become. There's other names for it, but that's the one that like comes to mind for me. And so that is what rap rock is pretty much rap metal as well some of these artists are considered rap metal and some are new metal some are new metal exactly that's what the genre has become today i think it's becoming even more popular today maybe it's sort it doesn't sound the same as what it did back in like the 80s and 90s it's sort of shifting a little bit with the influences of trap as well 
I think a lot of a lot more rappers are trying to not be only considered hip hop artists, but are also trying to become known as rock stars or whatever genre they want to cross over into. Hmm. So that's what we're going to be listening to today. Are you excited to listen to some songs? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's do it. All right, let's listen to some rap rock. The first thing I want to play is just like the songs or the um, yeah the songs that that hip hop artists were using in their in their sets like the mm-hmm. DJs were using yeah uh, just to show you an example of like the kind of songs that they would use mostly I think it would be like the drum parts of these songs so the first one is the big beat by Billy Squire this song was used in over three hundred songs okay. sampled in over three hundred songs. Hmm. So you can hear how mm-hmm. that could easily be used in a hip-hop song. Mm-hmm. Just to show one more, this is Take the Money and Run by Steve Miller Band. So definitely that drum part in the beginning could mm-hmm. be used in a lot of um, uh, sets as well. Um, but let's get into some rap rock. So this is the first one we talked about. This is called World Destruction, the collaboration with Africa Bombada and John Lydon. It's weird hearing John Lydon in it. <laughs> but it's kind of good, though. I it like is, it. Yeah. Um, and okay, next song we're going to play is by The Clash, who are a punk rock band, but they have some hip hop influences on this next song. It's called The Magnificent Seven. hear how he's kind of like rapping there (laughs) um and this was in 1980 so definitely at the time that hip-hop was starting Mm -hmm. uh they said that they were influenced by like grandmaster flash and other hip-hop artists that was a cool one yeah it's fun okay this is a punk rock rap by the cold crush brothers the one that introduced rap rock to the white youth at the time 1983 
I love it. It's so like green, funky. <laughs> I was confused, but it's cool. No, I think it's um. <laughs> if I was in 1982, I'd be like, "This is fun." <laughs> <laughs> Definitely would have gotten me. Um, okay, let's play some Run DMC. So this is King of Rock from 1985. You can definitely hear the mixing of rap and oh, rock yeah. in that sound. Mm-hmm. And the one that really got a lot of traction, of course, was the collaboration with Aerosmith called Walk This Way, or the remake of the, um, the Aerosmith song with Aerosmith and Run DMC. So let's play that next. I'm just gonna get to the chorus so we can hear Steven Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts with like, you know, the turntable scratching, mm-hmm. give that little hip hop sound to it. And then he's singing it a bit, he's singing the chorus a bit differently in this yeah. version, but mm-hmm. it works. It's a good little collaboration. Very good blend. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's listen to some Beastie Boys. So this is Ryman and Steelin from the License to Ill album in 1986. <laughs> guitar part where it's like I think that's Black Sabbath because that sounds very Black Sabbath yeah Yeah. because this song is has 
Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and The Clash samples in, oh, mixed okay. into it. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I learned it only from doing this research. So, But of course, other songs like No Sleep Till Brooklyn and You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party are also very you know, rock uh, heavy. Okay, the next song we're gonna play is by Urban Dance Squad. So they are the ones that sort of mix a whole bunch of different genres together, rap, funk, ska, uh, folk, hip hop, and soul. This is called Deeper Shade of Soul. It sounds like an SNL skit. It sounds like an SNL What do you mean? Just like, in general, it sounds like a skit or a Chappelle skit where they're just making fun of something. <laughs> That's and There's mean. like a singing montage. That's so mean. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Okay, let's uh, listen to Bring the Noise with Public Enemy and Anthrax. That's a good collaboration. Mm -hmm. It just works so well. Um, Later albums by the Beastie Boys had some rap rock sounds as well, especially in the song Sabotage. I think that's a very big example of like rock being involved Mm -hmm. in hip hop. Let's play that one. All right. I think this is a big example of rap rock too because this was actually in like was it guitar hero i think 
Uh, one of them, Guitar yeah. Hero or Rock Band. So, you know, definitely some rock fans enjoyed Beastie Boys as well. Okay, let's play Epic by Faith No More. So that was Epic by Faith No More from 1989. Um, have you ever heard of Insane Clown Posse? Yeah, but I don't remember much about them. Like the Juggalos? <laughs> okay. Well, they are an example of a rap rock. I think they're also called like horrorcore. They're dressed up as like scary clowns. And their fans endearingly call them Juggalos. Let's play one of their songs. This is called Boogie Woogie Woo. I strange anyway yeah. i'm only playing them because um an artist that we're gonna play later i feel like has some insane clown posse like influences in okay. their music. okay but next i want to play one of the songs off the judgment night album the like soundtrack album to the movie i'm specifically gonna play i love you mary jane which is a collaboration with sonic youth and cypress hill two bands that to me are in completely different realms but let's see how it sounds <laughs> actually really like that because mm -hmm. i love cypress hill and i love sonic youth so <laughs> oddly enough that's um that's perfect <laughs> uh but other artists that collaborated on this um album are for example faith no more and booyah tribe slayer and ice tea mud honey and sir mix a lot uh living color and run dmc hmm. Definitely some interesting mixes. I am gonna listen to that whole album. Oh, I think, yeah, for sure. Uh, as someone who likes both of these genres, rap rock is it's the genre for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that being said, let's listen to one of my favorite bands. This is Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think this is one of their most popular song because at the end, obviously, he goes, F you, I won't do what you tell me over and over and over again, <laughs> which is like, you know, no one wants to be told what to do. So. Never. Everyone likes to, you know, really <laughs> sing that part when it comes on. I think that was also on Guitar Hero. I don't if I'm not mistaken. I, I do remember that because I remember playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Another really popular one is uh, Gorilla Radio. That song was in, <laughs> that song is so nostalgic to me, not only because I listened to Rage Against the Machine as a child, but also because it was in um, the Tony Hawk game on PS2, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> which I played. I am not like a video game player, but for some reason we like acquired a PS2 when I was younger. And one of the games that they gave us was, I think it was one of my dad's like friends who had a son that gave us his old PS2 and (laughs) Tony Hawk was one of the games they gave us and I played it so much I was obsessed with it to the point when where I got a DS I bought like the skater game to (laughs) the Tony Hawk game as well to play that and then I tried playing skate but for some reason it made me dizzy and so I just never the graphics got too good it was yeah exactly it was too much for me I was like whoa I need like the basic PS2 graphics please Uh, but I love that game and it had such a good soundtrack Mm -hmm. and this is one of the songs that was on that soundtrack let's uh, get into some later songs so this is Kid Cudi this is from the Man on the Moon 2 album The Legend of Mr. Rager this is called Maniac and it features St. Vincent and Cage. Tune, tune is my 
Cause yeah, I like to marry it. It is my cloak, it is my shield, it is my cape. So definitely some dark lyrics in there. Yeah. And I love the uh, the St. Vincent uh, part as well. Mm-hmm. I think it works really well in the song. Um, I completely forgot to play Butterfly by Crazy Town. So just going back to uh, the 90s from 1999, actually, this is Butterfly. I don't remember it. You're not a fan. No. <laughs> but it's okay. It's definitely a very like 90s song. It was a to song me. from its time. Yeah. Okay, but next we're going to play uh, what Andrew suggested. This is Nerd. It's called Rockstar. Very appropriate for this genre. Fucking poses. I never heard this before. Well, it's from 2002, and I, I mean, I've, I've heard of Nerd. I've definitely like listened to their music, especially Lemon, the mm-hmm. song with Rihanna. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never heard of that one. I, I like it a lot. Good. I am a fan, and of course, Nerd. Uh, the members are Pharrell Williams, mm-hmm. who a lot of people know, with his childhood friends Chad Hugo and Shay Haley. Mm-hmm. Definitely give it a listen. Give them a listen, I should say. All right. Let's continue on. Um, This is Undead by Hollywood Undead. song came out in 2008 and it's a very 2008 song <laughs> like it sounds like entrance music in the then wwf <laughs> it, does. <laughs> it does sound like an intro to something <laughs> oh my god okay not my favorite and neither is this sorry i love lil wayne but this song is called prom queen 
Is this the one? Yeah. I think we all remember this. So that was Prom Queen by Lil Wayne. Drew, were you a fan? No, but I remember when the song came out and my best friend's little brother was really into it. He was trying to convince me it was the greatest album that ever came out. <laughs> so there were some fans. Yeah. Um, I, I, me personally, it was not. But um, kudos to Lil Wayne for trying something and influencing other artists later on. <laughs> Who would do it better? <laughs> In, oh, in our opinion yeah okay let's play um some death grips this is the only song from the mixtape uh ex-military that is on spotify i think it's just like blocked in canada for some reason because oh. of like sampling issues or something okay yeah so this is called gu- guillotine or gu- guillotine guillotine yeah how do you say that word because <laughs> they say guillotine in the song because they're not french mm-hmm. we are french say guillotine it is. It's croissant. Croissant. <laughs> croissant. Okay. Sorry. Let's go. so some rock in there a little bit some rapping over it i think i know why death grips is one of my favorite artists because they like i listen to everything they just put everything in the music (laughs) just like sure here's everything here's a mishmash of just a bunch of different things you're a weird dark person too sometimes sometimes yeah and they're very weird and dark which i like I appreciate that. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's Death Grips. Uh, let's get into some of the females. We've listened to Rico Nasty before. I can't remember which episode we had played one of her songs. That's a good thing. That means we made a lot of episodes. We made, This is our 22nd. Really? Yeah. God damn, you should probably start saying the numbers at the beginning of each episode. Well, I put it in the title. Well, just for Peter to know too, you know. Oh, sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think it, I think it was in the new metal episode, or maybe I, I don't remember which episode we talked about her. But um, yeah, uh, she is definitely like a very hardcore rapper with some like rock influences in there, some punk influences. This song is called Trust Issues. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. She's gonna stab you with a pencil if you don't get the memo. Shit, well, <laughs> take the fucking hit. It's called trust issues, you know. I love her, she's great. Uh, another artist I really love who, probably because she also mixes a bunch of different things in her. She, like, every album sounds different, Princess Nokia. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because she likes a lot of different things. Like, she talks constantly on her Instagram and her social media about how she grew up listening to not just hip-hop but like a lot of alternative rock and things like that she made a whole album that was like pop punk which i remember you really liked it when it yeah, came it was out good. but this i wanted to play some songs off of everything sucks she had made two different albums one called everything sucks and the other was called i forgot what it's called uh, everything is beautiful to show like the two sides of her this is like the more darker side and i <laughs> want to play this one because it Reminded me of Insane Clown Posse. This is Welcome to the Circus. Yeah. Definitely strange. I remember this one. That's great. Let's just, we have two more songs left that I just want to show how, you know, different hip hop artists and other artists are combining. Or I think some of these are actually just called rap rock groups. So this is City Morgue. Oh, this, this band in particular, I think they're also sort of called like rap punk. Hmm. This song is called Yellow Piss. That was good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think I listened to a few of their other songs as well, and I was like, these are it, a lot of these artists that we've been listening to in past episodes who are sort of combining like pop punk, new metal, but also with like hip hop. And also in the uh, hardcore punk episode, when we listened to some of those bands that had like some, some hip hop in their music, mm-hmm. I like the combining of the two. It's interesting how 
there's so many bands now that are mixing genres like this. It's fun. You liking combined fusion of musics like me liking fusion food. <laughs> what? You know what I mean. <laughs> My favorite thing is music. Your favorite thing is food. There you go. We love when it and all comes all the together. styles are mixed together. It's a wonderful thing. That's that makes sense. That's very true. What would what would be your like? What would be the best fusion food oh, God, for you? I don't know. I can't think of that right now. Let's no? not go there. You too hungry? I'm too. If you hear some growling, that's Drew's stomach. I'm too non-biased to types of food. What's your favorite like food? Like what? Some of your favorites from different countries? Oh God, there's Chinese food. Of course, Drew is part Chinese. So. There's Italian. <laughs> food there's yeah you do love mediterranean pasta. food and, oh no your favorite food is pizza that makes sense yeah mediterranean food of course oh. anything with pizza and sushi you got me except for pizza sushi that's not a good fusion <laughs> that's what i'm saying to me fusion is a little weird usually but uh, <laughs> hey, whatever whatever floats your boat all right shall we play our last song mexican food <laughs> I have to throw it in there. I'm sorry. Of course. <laughs> All right, let's play our last song. This is uh, this is song is called "Definition" by Oxymorons. I don't even think I've listened to this yet, so oh, this is my first time listening. expecting that chorus mm-hmm. uh, i was just reading their little bio on spotify and it says that uh, after years of being told they were too rock for hip-hop or too hip-hop for rock they committed to creating music that defies arbitrary rules of classification good perfect ending to our little uh, segment here on our little episode here on rap rock good choice yeah and yeah that is oxymorons they're sort of a newer band as well coming out of the 2020s they got potential. Yeah, I like them. It definitely does give me a bit of like new metal and um, 90s vibes as well. They're good. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of rap rock? Well, didn't realize I would know so much songs and stuff. So. <laughs> I was, I'm happy you brought up Nerd because I think that's like such a good example. Mm-hmm. And Pharrell Williams, of course, is um, pro- <coughs> Sorry. producing and, and making music for so long now and so many good hits and... He is also a rap rock artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed rap rock. Uh, clearly, one of my favorite artists are a rap, well, a rap metal, rap rock group. So, <laughs> of course, I really like them. That was fun. I like this this uh, this genre. 
And it shall continue, let's say. It shall continue. There's going to be even more blendings of different genres together. And I'm happy that there's a lot of rappers that are trying to, that are calling themselves rock stars. I think that's so fun. Yeah, take it back. Good for them. Yes. That's what's up. Reclaim it. You are rock stars. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Tune in next time. Tune in next time. We have nothing planned yet, but I'm sure it's going to be so much fun, as it always is. Have a good one. Bye.